This is It Was a Thing on TV. Spoiler number one is Dr. Lee Franz. It stinks. What is going on? <laughs> what is going on? Episode 94. Submission 033. Into the Sanford Verse, Part 2. Well, guys, we talked about the first spinoff of Sanford and Son, Grady. And we talked about uh, what eventually happened to Red Fox upon the conclusion of Sanford and Son, that being the Red Fox Comedy Hour. But there are two other series that uh, arose from the Sanford and Son family. Yeah. Now, now, the first one, th- this was sort of the immediate response to omg red fox is now at abc we need to keep the franchise afloat in some capacity and how did they keep the franchise afloat in some capacity question mark with the sitcom sanford arms sanford arms aired on nbc from september 16th of 1977 to October 14th of 1977 for a total of eight episodes, four of which went unaired. Chico, tell us how you feel about that theme. That theme is a boppity 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 bop. And you know why it's a boppity 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 bop? Why is that a boppity 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 bop? It was done by the one and only Henry Mancini. Oh, yeah. We're talking about the same Henry Mancini that wrote such themes as Peter Gunn. NBC mystery movie. Yeah, but also at the same time, he he did do the theme to Tic-Tac-Doe in 1990. Oh, the electric light parade theme. Oh, by the the way, uh, just this past week, we celebrated the 30th anniversary of Tic-Tac-Doe from 1990. You're welcome, America. But also, I mean, another one that we should add on the good list. I'm sorry, not even the good list. The classic list. Newhart. Oh. Oh. And and Ripley's Believe It or Not in uh, the 80s. The, the version with uh, with Jack Palance. Jack Palance. 
Believe the, it? Honestly. Yeah, the, the, yeah the, the version of the show that good friend of uh, this podcast, Brian Henniger, absolutely loves. Believe it or not. And, and one more good one, the Pink Panther. Oh, <laughs> that just <laughs> transcends. Yeah. Uh, and then one more for the bad list, and then we're moving on. Recent installment. We just covered this like three weeks ago. Co-ed Fever. Wait, that was him? It was him. What? Oh, the one episode of Co-ed Fever, he did the theme song. Dear Mom and Dad was done by Henry Mancini. So there you and go. He- you, you, you have the really good, the really memorable. Then you have... Tic Tac Doe 1990, and you have Coed Fever. Well, not everything. Well, not everything can be the NBC mystery movie. I'm afraid. No, and nothing can be like Newhart. I mean, that, or Peter Gunn. Those are two absolutely iconic theme songs. Yep. But anywho, so now Fred Sanford, Red Fox, has gone over to ABC. He's cashing his check, doing his comedy hour, not knowing that he's going to be canceled in just a matter of months, what's a franchise to do? Uh, well, the, they don't have Fred Sanford, and they don't have Lamont, because DeMond Wilson left in solidarity. But they do have the set, and they do have a bunch of accessory characters that they can bump up to regulars. So that's exactly what they did. And not only that, we put an entirely new family into the whole situation. That would be the Wheeler family. A widowered army buddy of Fred Sanford by the name of Bill Wheeler, played by Teddy Wilson. And his two teenage children, Angie and Nat, played by Tina Andrews and John Earl, respectively. But they also have uh, Julio's old house. That they that for one reason or another they want to turn into a bed and breakfast hotel in the middle of Watts. Who opens a bed and breakfast in the middle of Watts? Anyway, a very enterprising entrepreneur, maybe. Perhaps, and they call it the Sanford Arms. Looking back at the primary cast of Sanford Arms. Uh, there's a couple of names that uh, definitely uh, we, we need to talk about because they had previous roles of some significance. Uh, we talked about uh, Teddy Wilson, Theodore Wilson. If you look at him, he's got one of those faces where you say, I've seen that guy before. I don't know exactly where I saw him. Well, one place that you may have seen him, uh, he was a regular on, hey, guess what? We're going to bring up this feature installment again because – he was on this show, a regular, That's My Mama. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He played Earl Chambers on That's My Mama. Uh, but also, in addition to that, he played the role of Sweet Daddy Williams on Good Times, primarily after the departure of John Amos, after his character died. Uh. But again, he's, he's one of those faces when you see him, it's like, I've seen that guy. I may not know where I'm able to place him, but he's that guy from that show. Yep. He was also on Enos, Give Me a Break, The Golden Girls, and What's What's Happening Now, Alien Nation, Dallas, Family Matters, Tales of the Crypt, Gabriel's Fire, Mama's Family, and Quantum Leap. 
again, classic case of that guy from that show. Mm-hmm. And then Tina Andrews, she was sort of like that person from that show. Uh, she was on five episodes of Falcon Crest back in 1983. But the other place you may recognize her, may, is she played the character Esther uh, for at least five episodes on Room 222. Room 222. Okay. Yeah, and that shows up in reruns every now and then on cable. So, uh, so there's that. And then John Earl. Where do we know John Earl from? Nothing. This is his only credit on IMDb. I'm not even joking. He doesn't even have a page on Wikipedia. Yeah. I mean, this is literally the only credit John Earl has. So that's where you know him from. You know him from Diddly Squat. But then you have supporting cast members who carried over from Sanford and Son. We talked about Don Bexley in the previous episode playing Bubba. Uh, He appeared as Bubba on Grady. Uh, He also appears on Sanford Arms. Same with LaWanda Page. LaWanda Page uh, is Aunt Esther. She appeared on Grady as well. She appears on this. And then also, we mentioned Grady. Grady Wilson himself, Whitman Mayo, appears on this as well. So you've got a lot of the Sanford and Son family making appearances uh, even just uh, guest appearances, at least in the case of Whitman Mayo, he appeared on two episodes. So, yeah, you, you've got some of the old family coming back to the kind of sort of new show. Well, new formats and you know, new family involving the, the Wheelers. Uh, the big thing is you don't have the one, the only Red Fox. Yeah. And as we, and as we said, four episodes and gone. It didn't even last a calendar month. Yeah. I think that shows you the audience's response to losing Red Fox. Uh-huh. You lost everybody. Plus also, you don't have Demond Wilson, which we'll admit is a, a big part of the Sanford and Son family as well. Well, looking at the episodes themselves, again, eight episodes, four went unaired, and it's very possible that they did eventually air because Sanford Arms did rerun on BET in the early 1990s. But also, a Canadian rerun channel called CHCH picked up this series last year, 2019, and actually reran six of the eight episodes. So at the very least, two of the unaired episodes saw the light of day maybe for the first time in like 42 years. But yeah, the, the four episodes by Fred High Phil. This is sort of like the Grady moving out episode, except now, okay, we're getting rid of Fred and here comes Phil Wheeler. Fred and Lamont are gone and Phil Wheeler takes control of the Sanford Arms Hotel. Grady and his new wife, Dolly, from Sanford and Son, uh, the episode Grady and His Lady, check in to spend their honeymoon at the Sanford Arms while Phil and Bubba try to find a way to come up with the rent money for the month. When Grady and Dolly check in, it is explained that Fred and Lamont moved to Arizona due to Fred's health. No, the truth is they moved to Arizona because Fred made a hell of a lot of money at ABC. 
Yeah, Arizona. Uh, ABC Zona. Am I right? I'll be here all week. Anyway. Episode 2. Bill's Assertion School. Bill plans to teach people to be more assertive backfires when a student decides to sue him. The matter is worked out when Bill, with the help of one of his daughter friends, gets the student to realize he can be assertive. Bill's sued by one of the students. That's, that, that's tough. Uh -huh. It's also a little scary, and I say that as, as the resident educator here. That is rough. It is rough. And then episode three, the grandparents. Nathaniel's grandparents come for a visit. As usual, they pester Phil to allow Nat to come and live with them in their upscale home in San Diego, reasoning that Watts is no place to raise a 12-year-old boy. Nat decides to go and live with his grandparents, but only to prove to them they are too old to handle a child his age. Well, I can't. I, I cannot see where any of this is wrong. I can't disagree with it either. Uh, again, from experience with my students, absolutely true. Uh, and maybe even more so in 1977, there's definitely like a culture difference uh, between, let's say, grandparents who were raised in the 20s or 30s and this 12-year-old in 1977. There's a huge cultural difference. You're absolutely right about that. And then we get to episode four. This is the last aired episode, or at least the last aired episode in 1977. And it is called Phil's Past. An incident from Phil's past gets in the way of his attempts to get a liquor license. Well, that's not good. Uh -huh. Well, some, you know, there may be some, some ghosts in the closet. It's very possible. And yeah, uh, they're very picky about who they give liquor licenses to. Um, oh, and also, I don't think we mentioned it. Uh, the, the Sanford uh, residence is now a boarding house. Yeah, that would be the Sanford Arms. Yeah, so, so it wasn't like uh, Fred and Lamont bought an apartment complex. It's just their old pad is now, well, an old pad that houses many people. Yeah, this actually happened on an episode of Sanford and Son's penultimate season so it's not like it exists in a bubble okay so it's actually part of the the san Francisco canon kind of yes. sort of per se kind of kind of sort of kind of sort of per se yeah so now these last four episodes they didn't originally air so not a whole lot's being given about them we know that episode five is called the tv show and the sanford arms is chosen as a site for a tv show don't know what type of TV show that we just know it's a TV show. And we also should add on this episode playing the director of the TV show. How about this for a name? Adam Wade. Hmm. Oh, he was a very, he is the historically the first African-American game show host. And if this isn't on our list, it better be. He hosted musical chairs. Hmm. Let's play a game of musical chairs and give us a round of applause or something like that. I don't remember, but it's on YouTube and we're going to cover musical chairs because I absolutely love musical chairs. Ah. Plus also musical chairs 
excuse me, on current episodes of Match Game 75 airing on Buzzer. What's following Match Game 75? Musical chairs. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Stay tuned for musical chairs. Stay tuned for musical chairs. Next up are mostly CBS stations. Not with Bill Cullen from Hot Potato. From Bill, from Hot Potato. From Hot Potato, Bill Cullen. We're going to do just an episode of our, our bad impersonations of Johnny Olson. Yeah. It's a new car. It's time for the match game Hollywood Scores Hour with Jay Leno. Boo! Tom Bray. Oh, well. Yay. Nidra Vols. Nidra Vols. Yeah. (laughs) Nidra Vols. Do I need how many how many Nidra Folses are there? I, I I'm waiting for Greg's reaction. Nidra Vols. <laughs> I was expecting a verbal reaction, but that's acceptable. I can't believe you didn't see that already. Because uh, I didn't have the Zoom window open. Oh, no. <laughs> it's a good thing. It's a good thing on the video feed. Greg, can you, can you believe this guy, Greg? It's a good thing on the video feed. You're not going to see what I did. Okay, now, I, I need to be very blunt with you. Who got the worst reaction, Nidra Voles or Jay Leno? It's a push. Okay, both of them are finger-worthy. I get that. But, I mean, Jay Leno is double guns finger-worthy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We get to episode six. Again, very little information is about this. It's called Young Love. Oh, surprise, Young Love. One of Phil's children falls in love. What a shocker. What a shocker. This is my shocked face. It's also my I I am shocked. This is my shocked face. Yeah. Episode seven is called The Wedding Reception. Angie and Nat plan a wedding for Phil and Jeannie. The kids plan a wedding reception. Anything can happen. What could go wrong? What couldn't go wrong? Teehee. (laughs) And and, and we should add that the character of uh, Jeannie is played by B.B. Drake. That name sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah, she did some voices on The Boondocks. She also played Vilma Gaines on A Different World. That's where it is. That's where yeah, it is. There you go. It always goes back to to A Different World and Match Game Hollywood Squares and Night Court and so on and so forth. And then the last episode, the or the last produced episode... Again, possibly still even unaired up to this point. The Ernie Williams Memorial Golf Course. And simply put, Phil plays golf at a course named after Ernie Williams. Yay. And who the heck is Ernie Williams? He's a guy with a golf course themed after him, obviously. Now. No response to that. Okay. So now that you now that you've covered all that there is to cover about the Sanford Arms, 
We're going to cover the final ch chapter of the Sanford verse. And for this chapter, I need you to do one thing, Mike. And I need everybody listening to this to do one thing. Okay. Forget the Sanford Arms ever existed. Well, forget that existed. I'd even say forget Grady existed. The main reason I say that, uh, well, you'll find out shortly when we do the... Uh, the recap of uh, its longevity. It had a hell of a lot longer life than the two shows before at the two spinoffs. Combined. Combined. And, and I think even if you, you, well, even if you double it, uh, it, it would be two more shows than how many Sanford uh, ran for in terms yeah. of aired episodes. So, yeah, the, the details about this. Sanford... It aired on NBC from March 15th of 1980 to July 10th of 1981 for a total of 26 episodes. that theme song better be awfully familiar oh it's bob it's bobtastic it's boprific well not just that it, it's the street walker oh yeah it, quincy jones original, in the house it's the original sanford and son theme it's back for this series yep and so is but red you know fox who, yeah but you know who's not back for the series or demon wilson's not back yeah, Demond Wilson's not back. Uh, Demond obviously played Lamont Sanford. He's not back. Nope. But we have somebody else who's taken uh, Demond Wilson's place, not as his son, uh, not as a relative at all. It's Fred's new business partner in the junkyard. And his name is Cal Petty. Not Kyle Petty, Cal Petty. Yes. Uh, he's a heavy set fellow, played by Dennis Berkeley, who is originally from Grand Prairie, Texas, who worked with Lamont on, get this, this is the ultimate, let's put him on a bus sort of thing, an Alaskan pipeline. So he went from Arizona to the Alaskan pipeline. Yeah. Again, let's pretend the Sanford Arms did not exist. Right, that, that's a heck of a, a of a transition there. In in three years, you went from Arizona to the Alaska Pipeline, and then ended up back in Watts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hey, guys, do you know what show Dennis Berkeley was on? What show was Dennis Berkeley on in 1984? Mike, you want to guess? Uh, I know because I'm looking at it, but I'll let you say it. Night Court. Nice. Yes. Well, the thing is, 
if you look at uh, Dennis uh, Berkeley, he's again, one of those people, when you look at the face, you're like, I've seen him. I know him from, from somewhere. I maybe just can't like pinpoint where I know him from. He's done like everything. I mean, he's not with us anymore. Unfortunately, he passed away uh, back in 2013. He was the voice of principal Moss on King of the Hill. Well, that's one of them. Yeah. He was the voice of uh, principal Moss. Uh, he also had uh, a recurring role on Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman going back to the mid seventies. Uh, also, similarly, he played the same role on Forever Fernwood, which was like the spinoff of Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman, after Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman, left, left. Well, um, it, it was no Fernwood tonight. Mm. The well, again, but, what is? well, but that was more or less an extension of Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman, more than it was Fernwood or America Tonight. So it, it was a continuation of Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman, from what I've seen. But one place that I remember seeing him, and this shows up on cable every now and then, he was on the last two episodes of Maud. He played Maud's, uh, how do I phrase it? I don't want to call him an intern, but he was like a, a congressional aide for Maud. Because if you remember when Maud ended, she uh, won an election to become a congressperson. She went to D.C., he was her aide, basically, you know, if you will, showing her the ropes, not a reference to two weeks ago. Ah. Uh. Yeah. So, so again, he's that guy from that show that you've seen. Maybe you don't recognize his, his name or what shows he's been on, but he's been on plenty of shows. Uh, he was on four episodes of Hill Street Blues in 1983. He was on Home Improvement. We mentioned that he was on Night Court. So uh, he was also on a couple of episodes of Future Installment, the new WKRP in Cincinnati. So he definitely made the rounds between like the uh, 70s and even up until, uh, as Greg said, King of the Hill, which would have been up until 2010. So he had a lengthy career. Also uh, in this uh, new series, uh, we add some new characters. Uh, one is a customer uh, who's actually an upper-class widow whose name is Evelyn, played by Marguerite Ray. And she appears in 24 of the 26 episodes. And Marguerite Ray, she appeared on a number of episodes of Young and the Restless back in the late 80s up until uh, 1990. And that really is the only other thing she's done, at least consistently, besides Sanford. Uh -huh. Fred Sanford actually uh, starts dating Evelyn, uh, at least in the first season of the show. Yep. And uh, one person who doesn't really agree to this dating is Evelyn's brother, Winston, played by Percy Rodriguez. Uh -huh. Yes, that Percy Rodriguez. Now again, uh, actually looking at him, looking at his picture... He's another one of those people I don't know where I know him from, but I've seen him on shows. And again, looking at his, uh, his CV, if you will, uh, where he might be uh, best known from was he portrayed Judge Harper on Benson from 1982 to 1985. Hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, he's also done a number of movies and he's been on other TV shows. But again, when I saw his face, it's like, okay, I know him from somewhere, but I can't really pinpoint where that somewhere be. Maybe it was Benson back in the early 80s. Who knows? Yeah, I'll tell you right now, if you, if you are a uh, big uh, theme park fan, and you know me, I'm a low-key Disney fan, he was the narrator in Captain EO. Really? Okay. Yep. That's pretty cool. And you can you can re- you can listen you can uh, learn about that. There's an episode of the Funkland devoted to Captain EO. So very nice. I didn't know that. You learn something every day here. Uh, another person who uh, d- didn't really like uh, Fred and uh, Evelyn dating is a maid named Clara, played by Kathy Cooper. Yes, that Kathy Cooper. There's four entries for her on IMDb. One is Sanford. A second, she appeared on two episodes of Sanford and Son. And then there's two others that I haven't even heard of. So Sanford was her career, or the the Sanford and Son franchise was Ah. essentially her career, if you believe IMDb. Okay. Uh, one person who actually was more accepting of Fred happened to be Evelyn's daughter, Sissy, played by Suzanne Stone. And who's Suzanne Stone? She's been in a number of things. Hasn't done much in the last 20 years. Doesn't look like she's done anything in the last 20 years. She was on the daytime soap opera Texas for 10 episodes in 1980. So this would have been right around the time that Sanford started. Mm-hmm. And also, she was on three episodes of future installment, Nine to Five. Oh yeah, what a way to make a living! Mm-hmm. Oh, fun fact: she played Dr. Joan Leland on Batman the Animated Series. Later on in season one, we are also introduced to a new character in the uh, the, the uh, Sanford and Son canon, if you will. We're introduced to Aunt Esther's college-age son named Cliff, played by Clinton Derricks Carroll. If he looks familiar, he has a twin brother, Clevant Derricks, who you would know as Rembrandt Brown from Sliders. Oh! I perked up when I heard Rembrandt Brown in Sliders. Yeah, and you know what the funny thing is? Clinton Derrick's Carol actually portrayed Rembrandt Brown 2 on Sliders. Oh, my God. Th- there, there was an evil twin? What? Are you no, I just, I, well, well, I assume when it says Rembrandt Brown 2, it's got to be an evil twin. Okay. Maybe, maybe hey, maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, maybe it's Sliders, so. Yep, Rembrandt Brown number 2 and Rembrandt the Duke of Hemingshire. And also, we should add, uh, he was in the uh, TV movie Introducing Dorothy Dandridge. If you remember that, um, I think it was HBO back in the uh, late 90s. Yeah, well, big uh-huh. movie. with Halle Berry, yeah. Yeah, very big movie. Absolutely. That made Halle Berry's career. I, I, don't, care how, I don't care what you, I don't care what anybody thinks. Swordfish or GTFO? Anyway, uh, and there is a returning character from the Sanford verse, 
Rollo Lawson, played by Nathaniel Taylor. Oh, not Ro- not Rollo, the guy that stole the two rolls of quarters on Grady. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, he's back. And, oh, and and also back are officers Smitty and Hoppy. Uh, again, as we mentioned previously, played by Hal Williams, who'd later go on to 227, and Howard Platt, who, as we mentioned, played the pilot on previous installment, Flying High. But an interesting person who shows up, uh, it says two episodes here, uh, but actually, I think it was actually three. Maybe he was uncredited in one episode. A little entertainer who you know by the name of Sammy Davis Jr. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, that, uh, obviously, yeah, that Sammy Davis Jr. But uh, he appeared uh, as himself in two episodes. It says on Truth by Consensus Wikipedia, but IMDb, it said three episodes. So maybe one was uncredited. That's why I said that. Including the first season finale, uh, which Fred uh, persuades uh, Sammy Davis Jr. To, to perform for Evelyn's charity. But then the show returned for the second season. It came back as a retooled mid-season replacement. Usually those words aren't very good. You know what makes it even worse? They put it on the Friday night death slot. Uh... That's almost... That is almost a killer. That's where shows like Hello Larry go to die. Mm Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, not even Aunt Esther herself could save it. And, and I'll tell you right now, you want to talk about extreme makeovers. This is about as, as extreme as it gets. It focused more on Fred and Cal and less on Fred and Eve. They went from Fred and Eve uh, engaged to Fred and Eve just dating. And Rolla, yeah, that's that's harsh. Rollo, Winston, Sissy, and Clara were dropped with no explanation. They were put on a bus. Yeah, talk about retooling. Yeah, they basically wanted, they basically tried to clone Sanford and Son. They did. I was just going to say that. They're they're trying to focus on the the business aspect the way that uh, Lamont and, and Fred were on the original show. But also at the same point, you did have Fred sometimes fallen in love uh, on the original show as well. I mean, it wasn't a major, you know, uh, a major plot point in the show at any point, but he did have relationships or dates with females not going anywhere necessarily. But yeah, so they went back to what worked previously and it didn't work. And also we, uh, we should mention another character that, popped up in season two, at least for two episodes, the first two episodes, was Grady. Because, hey, you know, if we're trying to bring back the original series just in a different form without uh, Demond Wilson, let's bring back Grady. Let's let's see if he can bring some of his goofy magic back. That did not happen. Some of the storylines, which we'll get to in a little bit, uh, they were a little questionable. Uh, I mean, we saw questionable a couple of years later with Love, Sydney, which we talked about previously in terms of a homosexual man raising a daughter. 
and some of the, uh, the, the very controversial topics that tackled. Uh, this, uh, this covered some, some similar topics, which we'll tread lightly with in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, the new show just, you know, guess what? It didn't do that well in the ratings, partially because, as we said, Friday Night Death Slot, that'll kill your show. And uh, the show was pulled before February sweeps at the end of January. Uh, the remaining episodes were burned off over in the summer, but there was no formal finale. Nope. So let's uh, quickly go over the, the episodes and we'll see what type of controversy came up in season two. We have a two-part first episode, well, episodes one and two in this case, uh, called The Meeting. Fred continues coordinating his junk empire with his new partner, Cal Petty, Lamont's friend and co-worker from the Alaskan Pipeline. And into Fred's Garden of Eden steps in Eve Lewis. Into his Garden of Eden? Whatever. Because, because, because her name is Eve. Because her name's Eve. I totally get that, but it's like, really? Is that how we're going to describe um, it? Yeah, you know what? You should have heard the jokes he made about having a big red apple. Oh, jeez. Fred proposes to Eve, but feels very out of place in her sophisticated social circle, especially when wearing a borrowed magician's tuxedo. And yeah, I could see him being out of place there because Fred Sanford by no means is a tuxedo-wearing person. No, he is. He's not even a person who goes to Beverly Hills on a dare because that's where Eve Lewis lives in Beverly Hills. Ooh, that's that's tough. Yeah. But when he does wear a tux, he does look darn classy, I'll tell you oh, that. Quite he quite may, classy. Oh, he may not be a tux person, but he pulls it off well. Mm-hmm. And then episode three, it's actually a three-part episode, the meeting part three. After faking a heart attack to get out of his engagement, Fred realizes that he still has feelings for Eve. So there's the, uh, the waffling situation with uh, the relationship early on. I mean, we're technically still in the first episode, albeit part three of the first episode, mm-hmm. but he's already waffling on, do I want to make this commitment? Well, apparently the answer to that is nope. Mm. Among these three episodes, you see several wink, wink, not, not, nudge, nudge to many of the in-jokes in the original Sanford and Son. And even as Fred grows into this guy who's ready to commit and then all of a sudden not ready to commit, what do I always say? Nostalgia is not a suitable substitute for character development. Yeah, Chico said that a couple of times. Absolutely. Episode four was called The Still of the Night. Fred schemes to make easy money from Cal's smooth bourbon after discovering Cal has built a still and is making lip-smacking good moonshine using his family's secret recipe. Why 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 do his family always have a secret recipe? And and let's just do some illegal moonshine. Yeah. Illegal moonshine with a secret recipe. That sounds like a winner. Yeah. Illegal moonshine with a secret recipe. They make roller coasters off of that. A a, a secret southern recipe, so you know it's got to be good. 
And then we get to episode four, which is called Dinner at George's. Big Spender Fred. I never thought I'd hear those three words about Fred Sampson. <laughs> Big Spender Fred insists on taking Eve to her favorite Beverly Hills bistro, but gets his ego bruised when Eve plots to pay the check behind his back. Because Eve is rich and Fred is not. Yeah, but, and I could see how the ego could be bruised. You know, let me pay for the dates. And I mean, it's happened to me. Not, not with you, Laura. You're, you're fine. But one person I want to mention who appeared in this episode, actually appearing as himself, Tom Dreesen. Oh! You know who he is? Yes, he was uh, one of Letterman's boys. Well, he wasn't just one of Letterman's boys. Uh, when we cover the five different pilots regarding the word grabbers format, which was made into actually like three different shows. It, it's a format that didn't sell that got five, 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 five pilots. Five pilots. Five, five, I'm not lying. Five pilots from this one concept that, uh, that Ron Greenberg did. And he was on the first pilot of Word Grabbers in 1976, along with good friend of his and newly uh, transplanted Indianapolis resident, David Letterman. Oh. And footage of this actually appeared on Letterman uh, some time ago when Tom Dreesen was a guest. Okay. So, so oh. we'll revisit Tom Dreesen, plus also Tom Dreesen's been on many, many shows. If you don't know who he is, you live a very sheltered life. Yeah, yeah. He was like a he was like a regular fixture on Letterman. Uh-huh. Oh, was he ever? Oh, yes. We get to the next episode, which is called "Younger Than Springtime." Am I feeling old? Fred falls for a con man's quack cure and buys a fountain of youth pill called Methuselah. Oh, oh I, got, ah, I got a Muth- name for you on this episode. The, the, wait, wait, this- Methuselah, Methuselah. Ha 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 Well, these, uh, this was the days before Viagra and Cialis. So you had to yeah. make do with what you had. Anyway, I have a name for you on this episode. Hit us with a name. Rod McCary. From past installment, The Cool Kids. Oh, oh, him! Yes! Yes! Yeah, Rod McCary. He played the really snobby rich guy who everybody hated. Yes! Yeah, and he was he was in War and Remembrance, wasn't he? he? I think so. I know he was in the Flintstones as Mr. Slate. Well, one thing I guarantee he was not in was Whoopi in Remembrance. Yeah. Damn Wow. He was in War Remembrance, by the way, yes. Okay. Oh, you know, oh, you said he was in the Flintstones, right? Mm-hmm. Do you know who's the villain in the Flintstones movie? Kyle McLaughlin, who is on an episode of Twin Peaks. He was on all the episodes of Twin Peaks. <laughs> he was, he was Mr. Twin Peaks. Yeah. I thought you were going to say Mr. C. I'm like, yeah, he certainly was Mr. C. Yeah, he was on one episode of Twin Peaks. Yeah, okay. and then he was on another, and another, and another. <laughs> Methuselah. <laughs> yeah, 
you got to give him credit there. That is funny and clever. It is. It is funny and it is clever. It is very funny and very clever. And that takes us to episodes seven and eight, which is a two-part, another two-part episode called Retrospective. Ooh. We're already talking about retrospectives, seven episodes. Are, we, are we already doing a clip show? Well, let's find out. While hauling junk from Eve's home, Fred and Cal are arrested on suspicion of burglary. While sitting in jail, they reminisce about their first meeting and of Fred and Eve's engagement party. So, so yes, no, they are doing a... Well, I was going to say, no, they're not doing a clip show because you know, it sounds like they're rem- reminiscing about the recent past, which may not necessarily be from previous episodes, if you know what I mean. Oh, only only uh, the IMDb listing gives archive footage, so... Okay, so maybe they were already doing a clip show of sorts after seven episodes. Uh, and then actually the second part of that episode, which aired the same night, uh, just says that Fred and Cal continue looking back and laughing at their past adventures while locked up in a Beverly Hills jail. So yeah, it's a clip show seven and eight episodes into the series. And and yes, they do actually mention archive footage of, among other people, Tom Dreesen and Sammy Davis Jr. And actually one other name we should add, because he was a big name, and he actually died not very long after... These episodes aired, believe it or not. You had Matthew Beard, and if that name doesn't ring a bell, if you look at his picture, he was Stymie from The Little Rascals. Yes! What? Yeah. So, yeah, Stymie was actually on a couple of episodes, uh, including this retrospective episode. Uh, And this episode aired April 15th of 1980, and he actually died January 8th of 1981. So yeah. he would not be with us uh, more than about seven, eight months later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Episode nine is Perfect Husband. Okay, well, maybe the marriage is back on since we're talking Perfect Husband now. Fred and Eve's engagement hits a bump in the road when Eve romanticizes her late husband as an angel and a saint. And flesh and blood Fred fears he can't compete. Yeah. It, that's tough. I mean, I, I I can understand why he might feel inadequate, for lack of a better word. But, yeah, that's that's tough. Indeed it is. But that takes us to episode 10 called The Ring. After being terrorized in a jewelry store robbery... Fred discovers a $12,000 diamond ring fell into his cap. While deciding whether to return or to keep the ring, officers Hoppy and Smitty appear at the door. Oh, there's Hoppy and Smitty. But now, remember, Hoppy and Smitty, they didn't necessarily take their job seriously on the original Sanford and Son. Uh, Especially uh, Hoppy. Yep. Hoppy was the goofy one, and Smitty was the sensible one. Uh, That's the best way of saying it, absolutely. And uh, we should mention that playing the female robber in this episode is Lindsay Bloom. Again, another name that you may recognize from the late 70s and early 80s. 
Uh, she was on the Dukes of Hazard for a number of episodes as Myrtle Tillingham. She was Bonnie Robertson on Dallas. She was also Velda on the new Mike Hammer. Ah. So, again, the name sounds familiar. Uh, oh, and here's probably the reason why the name sounds familiar, Lindsay Bloom. Because guess what? She was on Body Language for what appears to be two weeks, and she was on Super Password for six weeks. Ah. So there you go. She was a celebrity on a game show. That's how we know her. Yep. Now we start to introduce more people into the Sanford verse. Episode 11, Sissy and the Nephew. Aunt Esther's son Cliff comes to stay with Fred and falls fast for Eve's daughter Sissy. Ooh. Yep. I can't get enough of Greg ooing. Nobody can. So there's where we introduce Clinton Derrick's Carol into the Sanford verse. It doesn't necessarily continue with the next episode. Uh, I mean, he'll make appearances in the future, but we, oh, look at this. Yet another two-part episode. What is it with this series in two-part episodes? They've done, th well, they did two, and then a three-part episode to begin the whole thing, and we're not even uh, through the first season yet. No. Uh, episode, yeah, episodes 12 and 13 have to do with Cal's diet. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, Cal is very uh, heavy set. let's say that, uh, and he obviously uh, wants to better himself, which is good, don't we all? Uh, Cal is lonely and depressed about his weight, so Fred and Cliff put Cal on a diet an exercise regimen designed to build up his body and boost his sagging self-confidence. And that, that's actually part one. Part two is Cal actually has his confidence restored. Uh, Fred takes him to a swinging singles bar where Cal meets lovely Katie, a meter maid. Hey, wasn't that what got Grady in trouble back on uh, the Grady episode, putting quarters in meters? Giggity. Hmm. Giggity. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, played by Joy Garrett, who played Annie Myers on Star Trek: The Next Generation. It always goes back to Star Trek: The Next Generation. And a hooker on Night Court. And a hooker on Night Court. You sold me. Thank you very much. The hooker on Night Court is all I had to hear. Yeah. It always goes back to Night Court and STTNG around here. Damn right. And Mexican Hollywood scores, but maybe that'll happen later on this episode. Who knows? Hmm. So after this two-part episode where Cal hooks up with a hooker from Night Court, well, he did. I mean, Chico just said that. We have, oh, well, maybe this is the night after or, the, or after the date. The benefits. No, no, this is the, the charity one I mentioned earlier. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, not, not, not friends with benefits. This is the benefit. Sammy Davis Jr. agrees to perform at Eve's charity benefit for the children of Watts, but when Sammy doesn't show, Cliff, Sissy, Al, and Fred take to the stage to, and showcase their talents. So this isn't the first time that we've seen Fred take his talents to the stage within the Sanford and Son universe, if you will, since we were coining that as a term. Uh, in the last season of Sanford and Son, you actually had Fred Lamont, Donna, and Bubba 
they actually went on the Gong Show. Yeah, that, I like that was the Gong a, Show. The Gong Show was very big in 1976 and 77. So you sure as heck believe that NBC is going to put Sanford and Son, their big show on, their big morning show. There, there's no chance in hell that Fred Sanford was going on future installment 50 Grand Slam or future installment Stumpers. Though I'd pay to actually see him on either of those shows. That would be awesome to see Tom Kennedy on Sanford and Son. Yes. Yes, of course. Or, or Alan Ludden. I'm just saying. that yeah. I think that, oh, that needs to be like, that, that, need, that should have been done. Somebody needs to get Ed Begley Jr. and his TARDIS. We need to go back to 1976 and say, you're not going to see the gong show today. We're putting you on 50 Grand Slam or Stumpers, darn it. But enough hypothesizing and fan fiction over here. That's the end of season one. The ratings never were as good as the original Sanford and Son, because Sanford and Son was like constantly top 10. And Sanford didn't even make the top 30 for the 1979-1980 season. So it was put on hiatus and retooled. And we talked about the retooling, the, the massive retooling, as it were, and uh, some of the controversial episodes that came with it. And that starts with episode one. And hey, guess what, guys? Let's start season two with another two-part episode. Why okay. not? We, we, we've had like... We've had like three or four of them already. Oh, yeah. I'm Wait, shocked. What? This is my shocked face. Let's have more two-parters. Hey, hey, why not? Here comes the bride. Aunt Esther returns and moves in with Fred to watch over Cliff. Cal discovers that due to an error on Fred's marriage license, Fred was actually long ago legally wed to Esther. He was married to Aunt Esther? What? Oh my gosh, this is like where we would hear Fred Sanford say, this is the big one, Elizabeth. This is the real heart attack. Him married to Aunt Esther? Where was Maury Povich for this? Uh, he, well, that was what, like about seven or eight years before he would have done A Current Affair. So uh, he, he was somewhere. But he, some, he, definitely some, was, he was somewhere in D.C. He was still cutting his teeth in J school is what he was doing. Yeah. But, okay. but So, Cal discovers that due to an error in Fred's marriage license, Fred was actually legally married to Esther, to which I have to say, ew. Fred, Esther, and Cal drive to Fremont, Missouri, seeking a divorce, but must first plead their case before the county's irascible old judge who is resistant to tearing asunder what God has brought together. Well, we should say that the judge was played by John Anderson, uh, who uh, portrayed Dr. Herbert Stiles on Dallas from 1983 to 1988. Uh, but he also was uh, on MacGyver as occasional character, Harry Jackson. By the way, John Anderson... Not that John Anderson who ran for president in 1980. And, and, and not, not the, uh, yeah, say it, Chico, because I was going to say it. And not the John Anderson who supplemented his ESPN um, income by hanging out with John Henson and a set of big balls. Oh, by the balls. way, guys, did you hear that on the reboot of Wipeout? 
apparently there's going to be like an invisible man hosting. Hey, Nicole Byer is a is a delight. Oh, I understand that, but I, I just don't understand the concept of why they're going to have an invisible host next to her. Well, oh. She's hosting by herself, I think. Yep. But 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 I mean, there's there's there was supposed to be another name, but unfortunately, guys, I couldn't see the name. Oh, Greg. <laughs> Okay. Okay, and we, one other name we should add who portrayed a husband on part two of this episode is an actor named Phil Leeds. And again, may not recognize the name, but you'll recognize the face. Uh, where you could have seen him, one of his last roles was actually as Judge Boyle on Ally McBeal back in 1997 and 1998. Uh, literally months before he died. He died in August of 1998. Uh, but also he made uh, appearances as Uncle Mel on Everybody Loves Raymond in his first few years. Uh, he made a couple of appearances on Boy Meets World. Oh, Boy Meets World. Something that we'll be talking about in a couple of months. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Oh, 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 I knew, oh. I walked right into that one. You totally did. Oh, he also played a character named Lou on Wings. What? I love Wait. Wings. Uh, yeah, I do love Wings. Guys, did you know Wings made Tony Shalhoub's career? <laughs> Trying to recover from that, the one place, and I knew I recognized him from here, uh, he portrayed, he was on a number of episodes of, of course, it always goes back to this TV show, Night Court. Nice. He portrayed a regular named Norm. Uh, he portrayed uh, a character called God Number Two in the one of the best episodes of the entire series, A Day in the Life. That's where I remember him from. A Day in the Life is an absolutely amazing episode of Night Court, one yes, of the is. absolute best in the series. So that's where I remember him from. That, that's why I said that face rang a bell. He was on Night Court. Uh, specifically a day in the life. Okay, okay, now that I'm done marking all over Phil Leeds being on Night Court. And Wings. Specifically a day in life. I love Wings. It made Tony Shalhoub's career. Next up, oh, hey, look at this one. I think this might be the end result of finding out you're married to Aunt Esther. Fred has the big one. After years of crying wolf, Fred suffers an actual heart attack. Elizabeth, yep. he's coming to see you. Oh. Except he, except he didn't because, well, get his doctor was James A. Watson Jr., who was yet another that guy from that thing. He was a, he was a he played Dunn in Airplane Two, the sequel. And if you actually remember him as Dunn from Airplane Two, the sequel. That means you had to have seen Airplane 2, the sequel, and you have my apologies. Hey, do you know who else was in Airplane 2, the sequel? Oh. Pat Sajak. Oh, yeah, Pat Sajak was in and Art Fleming. But you know who else was in it? Oh. Richard Gillian from future installment, Jester Luck. Nice. 
I thought we were going to Kyle McLaughlin. I, I was expecting a Twin Peaks moment there. No, Kyle McLaughlin's first film role wouldn't have been till David Lynch's Dune in '84. Okay, I, I, I just can't wait it. for the can't wait for the reboot. Oh, oh, I can't wait for the eventual SNL parody when we have Chloe Fineman as Timothy Chalamet in Dune. Nah, 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 nah. Hey. Hoppy and Smitty are back in the next episode. Cal the Coward. When a pair of crooks threaten Fred and Cal at gunpoint, Cal can only cower in the closet. Fred cooks up a caper to give Cal the chance to prove his courage and regain his self-respect. There was a lot of alliteration there, a lot of C's. Yeah, whoever wrote this was very creative. Yeah, they were. Well, you know, if I had a gun stuck in my face, I'd probably cower like Cal a little bit, too. Would you cower in the closet with Cal? Uh, that's almost like the, the old uh, Animaniacs bit about eating beans with George Went. Cower in the closet with Cal so you can cook up a caper to give Cal his confidence. Do you want to take a survey? We We should mention that Apparently, one of the robbers named Al was played by Jonathan Banks. And where you might have heard that name from, especially in... Okay, hold on. I think we had a Greg moment. Uh, uh, Okay, Greg, go. Jonathan Banks was Frank McPike on Wise Guy. Among other things, I was looking at a more contemporary reference. Oh, he's on Better Call Sal. He's on Better Call Saul. That's exactly what I was going to say. He plays uh, Mike Ehrmantraut on Better Call Saul. Absolutely. Yeah, yep. but uh, but ever since well, since we did Double Dare last week, I was I actually watched the uh, first half of Wise Guy over the course of the week, and oh my god, Jonathan Banks is excellent on Wise Guy. I gotta say, nice. And, and we should also add uh, he played uh, the same role from Better Call Saul on Breaking Bad. He also played Professor Hickey on Community. What? I'm about to rewatch that. Those are some of the shows that he's done over the last, well, again, that's like last 10 years. Yeah, you know, Better Call Saul, Breaking Bad, and Community. I mean, those are three darn good shows to be a regular star on or a regular character on. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And he going and going back with also the wise guy. Mm-hmm. And wise guy too, absolutely. Which brings us to episode six. Love is blind. Fred invites Cliff and his new girlfriend Charlene to dinner, but Cliff neglects to tell Fred that Charlene is blind. Blind? I didn't see that coming. Okay. Blind. Yes. Ray Charles, Stevie Wonder, did I stutter blind? Well, again, I still didn't see that coming. By the way, Charlene, played by the incomparable Debbie Morgan. Oh, yeah. Again, one of those people who's done, like, seemingly everything over the last, well, obviously 40 years at this point if we're talking about Sanford. Mm. But, yeah, she's, she's... Again, as we would say, she is a known entity. Quite known, quite entity. 
Oh, absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. Yep, she played Alfreda, Alfreda Royal in the Royal Family movies. And also, since we can't get enough pyramid on here, we talk about all these celebrities on the $25,000 pyramid. Well, guess what, guys? What, guys? No, I was hoping you'd say she was on the $25,000 pyramid. Was she on the $25,000 pyramid? No, she wasn't. She was just on Pyramid with Donny Osmond. Okay. Okay. It's not exactly... It's, hey, well, she was, it, it, you know what? It ain't the $50,000 pyramid, so I'm happy. It, it's, it's, it's still in the pyramid family. Uh, also, she appeared as a celebrity contestant on one of the uh, Family Feud Celebrity Weeks back in 1985. Probably guys- because she was on so many of the, of the uh, ABC Love of the Afternoon soaps at the time. Yeah, she was on the Guys and Dolls Special Week. And uh, absolutely, given how many uh, soap operas she was on at the time, yeah, that's why she probably appeared on, uh, on that week of Family Feud. Mm-hmm. But that takes us to episode six. And this is one of those controversial episodes we talked about. Cal's mom. Watch it with someone you love. Cal's mother comes to visit, and among her baggage is bigotry against blacks. Oh, no. A special episode addressing racial prejudice. So here's our very special episode. Yep. And of course, her, of course Cal's mom is played by Patsy Garrett, who is known as Mary in the Benji movies, but basically a that woman from that thing sort of player. Very versatile. Uh, especially back in like the 60s and uh, into the 70s, uh, was not a terribly big name after like the 70s. And actually, if you look at IMDb, she had only two other credits after this. But again, as Chico said, definitely a known entity, that person from that show. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then that takes us to episode seven called Gaslight. I hope it's not that type of Gaslight. Suffering from a virus and delirious, Fred misunderstands an overheard conversation and now fears Cal is plotting to kill him. Oh no. Da, da, da. Uh uh oh, somebody somebody call Hoppy and Smitty. Oh, they make oh, wait, appearances they're... in this episode. You better believe that they're on the case. Oh uh, yeah. But also an, another person who appeared as a doctor on this episode. How about this for another known entity, another name that we know from, uh, from actually being on uh, certain TV shows? Howard Morton. Uh, the, the grandpa from the Monsters Today future installment? Well, I was looking more for Officer S- uh, Simpson from Give Me a Break. Him too? Yeah. Plus also, you know, obviously we have to say it, he was also a celebrity on shows such as the $100,000 Pyramid, the $10,000 Pyramid, Future Installment, Celebrity Double Talk, and Super Password. Nice. We love our game shows around here. Okay, uh, next is... We, we do. Not, e- not even apologies. Hashtag sorry, not sorry. Episode... Uh, the next episode, Freeway. 
The city is debating whether to run a freeway through Watts or the wealthy Corbin Hills neighborhood. Fred, Cal, and Cliff organize their neighbors and lead the, cha- lead the charge to save their homes. Some of the uh, neighbors in question uh, are played by... Oh, look! Uh, we have, from future installment Sword of Justice, Bert Rosario. We have uh, Ernest Harada, who was a that guy from That Thing. He, oh, he actually played Nakatumi on The Nut House, previous installment. And, oh, look who's back! It's Whitman Mayo's Grady! Yeah! <laughs> Gotta love Grady. Love Grady. Just like Quagmire loves wings. Love wings! It made Tony Shalhoub's career. Uh, well, one name I wanted to add, because it, it rang a bell, it sounded familiar, playing the chairman... Presumably, the chairman of the company that's going to build the freeways is Ivan Bonar. And again, that name rings a bell. And I don't know why it rang a bell, but uh, he was on future installment, The Colbys. Uh, but he also, uh, again, was that guy from that show, I believe, because he did appear on shows including Punky Brewster and Alf and. He might have been on the uh, final episode of St. Elsewhere, which we sort of previously covered when talking about the Tommy Westfall universe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he made the rounds, if you will. He did. Oh, and also, and, and also I should add, since I see it now, he also appeared on much previous installment, Jennifer Slept Here. Aww. Next up, Jury Duty. In this spoof of 12 Angry Men... Fred is the lone juror unwilling to cast a guilty verdict in a murder trial. Gosh, we haven't seen that done before. Uh, not necessarily even just 12 Angry Men. Family Guy did it too in an episode I believe called 11 and a Half Angry Men, the half an angry man being Brian Griffin, the dog. Because somehow yeah. in Family Guy's universe, dogs perform jury duty. Don't ask. Well... In fairness, Brian can talk. Indeed. Yeah, you're, you're correct about that. And that takes us to Cal's Illegal Alien. Two more episodes after this. Cal just met a girl named Maria, but she's an illegal alien hiding in the Sanford home during a rash of immigration raids in the area. Oh, boy. Yeah, this hits a little too close to home nowadays. Just a little too close, yeah. And hey, guess what? Hoppy and Smitty appear. Boy, I wonder what they're doing in this episode. They're looking for Maria. By the way, Bert Rosario with another appearance. And of course, playing Maria was Gina Gallego, who is uh, another professional that lady from that thing. But she did play Warden Smith for two years on Days of Our Lives, if you're, if you're looking for a, an example. And she did... Jiminy Christmas, she was on everything. That pretty much uh, describes her. You're right about that. She has a lot of credits. Uh, not many uh, consistent roles, but you're, you're absolutely right about that. 
Oh, she was so, in the uh, she was in the troupe on future installment into the night starring Rick Dees. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, that takes us to the second to last episode, Private Lives. Fred and Eve have a, a lover's quarrel, with each vowing to bring a better date to the art gallery opening. Grady fixes up Fred with a bubble-headed bimbo named Bunny. Bubble-headed bimbo named Bunny. Okay. This is not going to end well for... No, it is not. This can't end well with a bubble-headed bimbo named Bunny. Yeah. Who's played by Albernette Jimenez, who, uh, who played Angie on Give Me a Break from 81 to 85. And literally, those are the only two entries uh, she has as an actress on IMDb. She played Bunny on Sanford. She played Angie on Give Me a Break. And then actually, there's, she does appear as herself on three episodes of a show we've uh, put on our list called The Shape of Things. So, so we will talk about her at some point down the road, but that's her career. The Shape of Things, Sanford Son, Give Me a Break. That's it. That's the list. That, and that takes us to the final episode, To Keep a Thief. The 14-year-old boy who burglarized the Sanford home is ordered to work off the amount he stole. Fred He's Cal the one who stole the nickels. The quarters, the quarters, yes. <laughs> yeah, he, he, where was he back in 1976? Was he at Grady's house, or Grady's daughter's house, I should say? Yeah, he took the quarters. Uh, Fred and Cal hope to scare him straight, and this is the final episode of the series. And by the way, the, uh, the kid was played by Jeffrey Jacquet, who is known as Jeremy Saldino on WizKids and for one crossover episode with Simon and Simon. And he played a role of Eugene on Mork and Mindy for 10 episodes. So I know, not, oh, I know that guy now. Yeah, so, so not much of a career, but uh, WizKids, that needs to be an entry if it oh, isn't already. It's already on there. Okay, there cool. you go. We're way ahead of the game. In addition, Howard Morton appears again in this episode just as a customer. Oh, okay. So, so Howard Morton was uh, getting paid before uh, appearing on, on Give Me a Break. One thing I want to note is, guys, do you know who was a writer on one of the episodes of this show? Who? Michael Moy. Ooh. He made the rounds. Oh my that god. That guy is a that guy is a genius. He's on everything. Yeah. He was he wrote the teleplay for episode six. Okay. He wow. knows he knows how to write himself a sitcom. And if I'm not mistaken, uh episode was it episode six of uh season one or season two? Season one. Okay. Episode... That was that was the one where he he fell for the con man's quick cure to buy that. He fell. The Methuselah. This doesn't sound familiar at all. Not at all. Some guys falling for a con with a smooth name like Methuselah. Yeah, that that doesn't sound familiar at all. Not not even at all. Well, I want to add uh, one thing. This show, if you want to see it, you can. And I verified this this morning. Yes. If you have the Crackle app on your device, your your phone 
or your tablet. Select episodes are available on that Crackle app. Mm-hmm. That's good. And also, on top of that, there are DVDs out there of the entire series. There are. Uh, we're talking about a real release of the, of the shows on DVD, not some sort of black market homebrew type of deal. Yeah. So they're out there if you want to see this. Yep. You thought I was going to say we're going to play eBay prices right. Well, we're not. I'm not going to do that. I I, I could have done the DVD, but you know what? It's I'm like not. You- I'm going to be a nice guy. I'm going to just say, hey, don't spend your money on the DVDs. Download the free Crackle app. You'll have to sit through some ads. Enjoy it for yourself, or or maybe not enjoy it. Yeah. Or, so uh, you so so you're so you're saying you're not going to uh, play eBay prices right? I'm going to walk right into this. Just get it out of your system. Just do it. I am. Two of you are bidding on a publicity still of Dennis Berkeley from 1980. Unfortunately, it has no real uh, thing about it. It's just his publicity still from Sanford. Okay. From 1980. Okay. Who's going first? Um, Mike, you want to go first? I'll say, hmm, since there's no blurb there's and no it doesn't blurb. have Fred Sanford, I'll say $7.99. $7.99? Uh, Greg? I will go $11. All right. You say $7.99. You say $11. The actual buy it now price for a picture of Dennis Berkeley is. Twenty-seven ninety-nine. Who the hell would pay that much for him? Oh, I I have no idea. But hey, I found something else. Oh no. Oh yeah. Now this one does have an actual uh, blurb on the back of it. It's subject: Red Fox program, Sanford. Time: NBC Television Network color cast Saturdays from nine to nine thirty. It's a picture of Red. It's a picture of Fred Sanford with his bow tie and his top hat. Oh, so this this is this the tuxedo? Is this the tuxedo? Yes. Okay. Uh, Greg, you go first. Fifteen dollars. Fifteen dollars, Greg. Mike. You see, I I think this is going to be higher. Because, as I said earlier, he doesn't dress in those types of outfits that much, especially on Sanford and Son or uh, any of the related shows. I think, I'm not going to be mean, Greg. I, I respect you. I'm going to say $17.99. Okay. Greg says 15 Mike says $17.99. The actual buy it now price of this picture of Red Fox Nineteen ninety nine. Ooh! Wow! 
So it costs so it costs more for a picture of Dennis Berkeley than it does for a picture of Red Fox. Go figure. And he's looking rather snazzy in that tuxedo. I'm just saying. Well, yeah, I, I said that earlier. When he wears a tuxedo, he looks good in it. He he does not look like a junk man. Nope. Well, I, I can say this though. You, you know who uh, or what doesn't look like junk? Our website. Oh, yeah. yeah www.itwasathingontv.com there oh my gosh we're like six episodes away from a hundred uh we're, we're gonna be there in three weeks and next week oh my gosh next week next week oh my goodness i know greg already has stuff to say about next week oh yes he does well, the first segment first episode i'm gonna have plenty to say oh uh, god I, I think actually we'll all have stuff to say about both episodes because mm-hmm. uh, both of them brought a certain level of controversy and both of them failed uh, epically. And if that's not a word, I'm going to make that a word. And the thing is, neither of these shows is absolutely that old. They're within like 15 years old, but they're, they're still worthy of being on the list. But the first ep- but the first episode is a show that has become very memorable lately oh yeah Yeah. oh oh, absolutely the first episode is uh definitely something that uh, has garnered some publicity not necessarily positively and uh yeah both of these next episodes well they're they're, again they're sort of interrelated kind of sort of they're they're in the same sort of theme uh but uh oh gosh i i know people have things to say uh, on that next episode Oh, yeah. But then after that, we're four episodes away from 100. And again, 100, we've got a lot of stuff that's going to be happening. Oh. Uh, we're not going to say the topic, but trust me, we got stuff to say about the topic for number 100. Mm-hmm. And th- there will be some more new stuff coming. Like I said, Greg's got a little something in the works. Uh, and actually, that I think is related to the previous 100 episodes at that point, or the previous 99 episodes. I won't say what it is, but... Uh, it's a, a a brave undertaking that Greg is doing. So yeah, that's uh, that's in the next three weeks. Oh my gosh! So mm-hmm. well, and until next week. Thank you very much for listening about the Sanford verse for the last two episodes. We bring you back to your normal universe, where ne- on Monday you'll be able to catch the next installment, episode ninety-five of. It was a thing on TV. Thanks for listening. Wow! Join you.